Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. It's good to be up here this morning as we continue our series in Galatians. Freedom from sin is found in Jesus. We're going to finish up chapter 3 today, but Pastor Steve preached last week, why then the law? If we're saved by faith, through, uh, through faith, uh, by Christ through faith, you guys get it. <laughs> why then the law? Why was the law given to us? Well, Pastor Steve preached last week, the perfect law reveals that our imperfection causes us to need a Savior. One of the most important things a human being could possibly realize. So I get to be up here this morning after I follow those Shipley brothers two weeks in a row. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we love you and we praise you because you are the giver of all good gifts. Lord, we just want your truth to go forward this morning. Lord, that is what's important is for us to hear your truth and for it to change our hearts. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. There's this gentleman by the name of Mamade Diamanka. He lives in Northwest Africa. Diamanka serves as president of his village's Community Child Protection Committee, also known as CAPE. This group, established by Free the Slaves and our Senegalese partner organization called ENDA or ENDA. What these groups do is they alert parents in rural areas of Africa who send their children away to big cities to receive religious instruction in boarding schools. Many villagers in the colder region <clears throat> send children to the city of St. Louis to learn the Quran. But many of these children fall target there to traffickers who force the children to the street to beg. Diamanka agreed to travel to St. Louis as part of a delegation of Cape leaders. Their mission, see firsthand the conditions that befall trafficked children. These activists brought the delegation to a bus terminal there where there was a listening point set up. A listening point is just a gathering place where trafficked children could come and ask for food or ask for shelter or ask for help or, or any kind of support they may need. That's when Diamanka saw the most frightening thing he's ever seen. There out on the street was his nephew, who had been sent for spiritual instruction, but was instead barefoot on the street begging for survival. I thought that children were well taken care of in St. Louis, Diamanka said. I didn't know that a family member was in that kind of situation. This visit really opened my eyes. Diamanka swooped in and lifted his nephew up into his arms, away from danger, and helped return him to his parents. Diamanka has now vowed to spread the word when he goes back of what's going on there. He says, I would like to thank Enda and FTS. Thanks to you, my nephew will find a normal life next to his parents. So I can't imagine this guy, he travels over 500 miles to come and see the condition of these children who, who, who he hears are being trafficked. They're being sent out into the street to beg 
for food, for money, or anything they could get to bring it back to their basically slave masters. So I couldn't imagine what he was thinking when he looked down and he recognized his own nephew. I have a niece and a nephew, and, and I love them dearly, and I couldn't imagine that moment where I'm like, oh, it's them, I can't believe it's them. But on the other side of that, imagine that little boy when he saw the face of his uncle. Imagine his excitement and how awesome that moment where he's like, there's a hope, there's hope for me to be saved from this situation. How incredibly awesome was that to him? Well, I love how this story today mimics what Jesus did for us. You see, we were stuck in this underworld of sin, and we were being actually held captive by the judgment of the law. Jesus came down to earth to rescue us from the enslavement of our sin and the law, when you think about it. We will see in today's verses how we as human beings... We're actually beggars for the righteousness of God. Beggars through the righteousness of God through the law, but never achieving. Like those street children who begged for and collected wealth, we could never amass enough righteousness to rescue ourselves or lift ourselves out of the, our situation, being lost in sin. It would have to come from someone outside our world, someone who had the power and the means to save us. Jesus came to rescue us and bring us into his family. And that's exactly why the, the sermon of today's uh, title of today's sermon is The Freed Children of God. If you are a believer this morning, if you have put your faith into the person and the work of Jesus Christ. You are a freed child of God. I love the song selections that Mike and Zara chose this morning. How we are free in God and how he breaks every chain. Let's get into our text this morning. We'll be in Galatians chapter 3. We'll be finishing up chapter 3. We'll be in verses 23 through 29. Follow along on the screen or follow along in your Bible as I read. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. If we were to take those seven verses and we were to boil them down into one main idea, like you know we like to do, it would be this. The law can only show us to be slaves. 
but Jesus came to free us and adopt us into his family. The law itself, much like Pastor Steve preached last week, can, can um, enlighten us to the fact we need a savior, but it also shows us to be slaves. But Jesus came to free us and adopt us into his family. Let's break those seven verses down to see why this is true. Looking back at 23 and 24. The law was our slave owner and held us captive by our own sin. It says, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order, in order that we might be justified by faith. So just like a slave always working for the slave owner, we were held captive under the law because the law condemns us. Much like a slave owner, it keeps us captive because we could never fully keep the law. Who here, by the raising of your hand, can fully keep the law perfectly? If you raise your hand, you're a liar and you just broke one. So it keeps us working and working for righteousness, but never achieving. We can never achieve that. But there in verse 24, Paul goes on to explain the law was also like a guardian, like an overseer, like one who watches over a child with authority until adulthood. As the law condemns us, it also guides us in many ways. You see, when the coming faith in Jesus was revealed, we no longer needed the law to guide us to Jesus. Now, make no mistake, the law will never pass away. Jesus did not come to abolish the law, and he made very sure that we understood that. But what Jesus did was he satisfied our debt to the law when he died on the cross and rose again. Once we put our faith and trust in him, we are now free from the law. We are free from the condemnation of the law. That is the only way that we could be justified. We could be saved. We could stand righteous before God and be free from the slavery of our sin and the accountability to the law. And that brings us to our first point. Jesus is the only one who can free us from our captivity. He's the only one that can free us from our captivity, and we're going to see exactly why here in a minute. We were slaves to the law and our sin, and we needed Jesus to come and save us. Looking at verses 25, 26, and 27. So now, if you've placed your faith in Christ for salvation, now our faith replaces our need for the law to guide us because we now have the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So as children of God, we're no longer under this law. We're free in Christ. As believers, we're no longer under the tutelage of the law. We have, so to speak, we have come of age. 
See, as a tutor, the law guided believers in the, how to have a relationship with God and, and, and who God was and what God expected from his people. And like I said, make no mistake, we are still accountable to God's righteous law that, that did not pass away. But when we place our faith in Jesus, we repent and we're forgiven. We have satisfied God's law. As it says in verse 27, we have put on Christ. I love the way that Paul uses that phrase, we have put on Christ. Now, what does that mean? That means that when we stand before God, he does not see our righteousness. We have put on the righteousness of Christ. He sees the righteousness of his perfect son who lived a perfect life and died in our place for our sin. Jesus satisfies the law that we broke. It's only when Jesus' righteousness has replaced ours that we can become the children of God. As the Bible explains in many areas, we were not children of God before then. Everybody is not a child of God. Everybody's God's creation but only those that have placed their faith in Jesus be, and have taken his righteousness in place of theirs can become a child of God. As it says in verse 26, sons of God or children, we are now under the tutelage and the guidance of the Holy Spirit because now we're God's children. We are literally adopted into God's family as his children. Church, how awesome is that? Awesome. Thank you, Hayden. Awesome. We are now right in the eyes of the law, and we're guided by God as his children. So where the law once condemned us of our sin, we now have the Holy Spirit enlightening us to our sin, revealing our sin so that we may repent and be forgiven as God's child. And it brings us to our second point. Through faith in Christ, we have become children of God and are freed from the scrutiny of the law. It's only through faith in Christ that we can become God's child and we're now freed from that scrutiny of the law. How amazing is it that we've been given the knowledge how to become the freed, loved, cherished children of God. And it reminds us of our main idea this morning. The law can only show us to be slaves, but Jesus came to free us and adopt us into his family. Now, remember who Paul is writing this to. He's writing to the Galatian church, and it's, it's inundated by the Judaizers who saying, you must believe in Jesus plus the Mosaic law. And Paul's saying that those that seek to be justified by the law or by works are no better off than those children begging in the streets. They are stuck in a vicious cycle that keeps them working and working and never achieving. But it's when Jesus came down to earth, he came to scoop us up into his arms and take us away to safety. Amen? Amen. And here's the bold truth of this whole thing that, that Paul ends in these last two verses. Here's the why. As human beings, we're all in the same boat. 
looking at verses 28 through 29, 28 and 29, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs to the promise. So Paul's saying right here, the gospel is the great equalizer. It puts everybody on the same plane. Jews, Muslims, atheists, it doesn't matter what your belief system is. We are all hell-deserving sinners in need of a Savior. All of us. All religious beliefs, all people groups of the world, all need faith in Jesus to come to the Father. Jesus said so in John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So I love how Paul ends this because he's talking exactly right to those who love Judaism and the Mosaic law. And he's saying, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring. Heirs according to the promise given to the Jews. He's, again, talking to those, those Judaizers. He's saying, you believe, okay, it's Jesus and these Jewish rituals, and you think that you need to continue to work the Jewish law? He says, stop it. Stop. Stop doing that. He's saying everybody who's saved by Christ is an heir according to the promise. You know why? Jesus is the promised Messiah. There is no need to work the law anymore. He is the promise to the Jewish people. Stop it. And it brings us to our third point. God has no favorites. Everyone must now come to the Father through Jesus. God has no favorites anymore. Everyone must come to the Father through Jesus. There are so many different worldviews and belief systems in our world today. They all have one thing in common. Church, if you don't hear anything this morning other than this, please hear this. Everyone, they all need Jesus to satisfy God's perfect law and adopt them into his family. Everyone needs Jesus to satisfy God's perfect law so that we can be adopted into his family. As we close, and I call Mike up, I just want us to think about how bad, as Mike mentioned, how bad this world around us needs Jesus. If he is the only way, which we know he is, how badly does this world need Jesus? See, all of us, we're all born into this sin-cursed world. We're all slaves to sin, and we could never work hard enough to earn salvation. That is the truth this morning, church. And just like that kid whose uncle came for him, we cannot save ourselves. We need Jesus to come and set us free from that slavery. We can only be free by having faith in him alone. And as we remembered our first point from this morning, Jesus is the only one 
who can free us from that captivity. Listen, the work is done. The work is done, and it was done once and for all when Jesus died on that cross and rose again. It is done. Church, do you find yourself trying to save yourself? Think about what I'm saying. Do you find yourself in normal everyday uh, you know, life situations and you're like, well, I need to do more of this and I need to you know, do less of this. I need to work, I need to work and I need to impress God and I need to earn his favor. You don't. You need to believe more and put your faith more in the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Allow the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to reveal things so that you can repent and be forgiven and move on. Do you notice how the world, those outside the church, they look at the church and they're like, those poor people, they just have to work so hard to earn favor from their God. I wonder where they get that from. Maybe it's because a lot of Christians these uh, these days actually act like that. I know I'm guilty of it sometimes. We say it's just faith in Christ, but all of a sudden we start giving all these standards. You must meet this in order to be this, and you, you can't do this in order to be a good Christian. We have to stop doing that. Now listen, there's another side of that coin, and there's some churches out there, they're like, listen, you just believe in Christ, then go out and live your life however you want. Do whatever it is you want. It doesn't matter. That's not good either. Church, it's important to remember that we cannot earn salvation, but remember what it cost our Savior. Remember what it cost Jesus. While I can't earn salvation, I know it cost Jesus a lot of pain, a lot of sacrifice. He came down to earth and made himself human, sometimes referred to the great humiliation of Christ to come to earth so that I might be saved. We shouldn't want our lifestyles based around the very things that nailed our Savior to the cross to take place. And remember our second point, through faith in Christ, we have become children of God and are freed from the scrutiny of the law. We're children of Christ. Church, remember who you are. One time we were visiting uh, some of our friends in a condo complex, and I remember we were walking out, we were leaving, and we are talking to them, and a little bit of ways across the parking lot, there was like four or five college girls that were kind of pouring out of this one condo, and they were loud and hooting and hollering about what they were getting ready to go do, and you could kind of get the idea they already started the party earlier, if you know what I mean. So as they're pouring out into the car, being really loud, over where they came out, a gentleman sticks out. I'm only guessing it was one of the, the girl's fathers. He's holding a drink, and he yells out to them, Y'all remember where you came from? I'm just kind of shocked, and I'm just standing there. And I'm like, while this is all sad, it's almost all I could do not to laugh, going, I think they know where they came from, and they're acting accordingly. Either that, he was trying to remind them, don't forget at the end of the night where we live. I don't know. But church, we are not under the strict scrutiny of the law anymore. But please remember 
that we are children of the Most High. We represent a God that is holy and pure. That's what we need to remember. We need to strive to be like God, not to earn his love or forgiveness. We strive to live good lives because of his love, because of his sacrifice, and because we are his children. Remember our third point. We're all in the same boat. Every single one of us, we're all in the same boat. God has no favorites. Everyone must now come to the Father through Christ. What's awesome is you can sit here this morning and you can think, I'm not like that drunk dad yelling at his drunk kids across the parking lot and go, I'm very religious, look at me. But you're fooling yourself if you think that because we all need a savior. As a lawbreaker, guilty. I need Jesus just as much as that dad does. I am a lawbreaker sometimes. And while I might not break certain laws that he does, I am a lawbreaker. It's our job to preach that truth to ourselves every day and preach it to others every day. The truth of the gospel is not just for salvation, it is for living our Christian lives on earth. We need to focus on that truth of the gospel every single day in our lives. It's the only way we can live good lives. It's the only way we can fulfill our roles. Like we learned about this morning, you know, we're not just saved at this church. We're here to do the will of God and to grow the kingdom. We have roles in that. And there's no way we could do that unless we're focused on the fact that we're lawbreakers and we need Jesus to forgive us and to heal us of those things. And we do this because we remember our main point. The law can only show us to be slaves, but Jesus came to free us and adopt us into his family. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for sending your son to the cross to pay for our sins and give us his righteousness. Lord, we are so undeserving, but it's because you are a God of justice and a God of love that you sent your son to satisfy your law so that we can become your children. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.